0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The conservative review with Daniel Horowitz.
1: And welcome back, fellow American patriots and minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, our liberty, and our property. This is our 1776 moment. And we are confronted with something a lot worse than what our founders were confronted with. We are confronted with the Fourth Reich. Um... If you recognize that, this is your place. Daniel Hurwitz here, New Week, Monday, August 22nd. Although, when you're hearing this, I will be traveling down to Florida, a thousand-mile trip with four kids under the age of 13. So wish me luck. But I wanted to make sure you guys had something evergreen, but also speaking to the moment we live in. So if the world blew up by today, and I'm not speaking about it, you'll understand. But what does always matter is... The two really watershed events over the last two years, COVID fascism and January 6, and they are both used to propel the Fourth Reich, COVID fascism, criminalized our essence, our being. We are a threat if we don't take Pfizer's product or if we don't cover our breathing holes. And then January 6 was used to criminalize our political beliefs. So where do things stand? We're going to give a broad overview with one of the lead attorneys representing some of those who stand accused of really political crimes. Um, Folks, again, urge you guys, if you haven't downloaded the first chapter of our book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, go to trialsandexecution.com and pick up a copy there. Pre-order the book and get immediately a PDF of that opening statement, because it really does speak to January 6th, I believe would not have occurred. Um, they wouldn't have been able to get away with this in a non-Great Reset era. So that's with that. Now, I first want to delve into, before we talk about the tyranny part of or tyranny I want to get into the anarchy part of it. The backdrop of the era of the DC Gulag, where people are thrown in a solitary confinement, for nothing but a misdemeanor that, you know, was mainly provoked by the federal government. And yet at the same time, we have the worst criminals just let loose. Understand the motivations behind that. First, folks, as we talk about the insane crime, um, just remember, it's part and parcel of the Fourth Reich, just like they had the brown shirts, that part of the tyranny is the anarchy, So the government will attack you, or they'll get their brown shirts on the street, their thugs, to attack you. That's why you have to understand that not only do you have a right to carry, but you also have the right and responsibility to learn how to properly use a handgun. That's why I have partnered for so long with Patriot Academy and their constitutional defense course. What is it? Basically, for four days, we go out to the NRA Whittington Center in northeast New Mexico beautiful country there by the way Uh, the classes will be held September 25th to 29th or if you can't make it then October 2nd to October 6th where we have a bunch of Patriots getting together we shoot out on a beautiful outdoor range all day you learn how to draw from a holster sight alignment picture alignment um, trigger control how to win a gun battle. It is the best defensive hang-on course around that night. We study the constitution with Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. Physical and intellectual training you need to defend yourself and your values. I cannot recommend it enough. It has changed my life certainly. Um I've gotten pretty good at at uh, you know, timed, accurate shots from the holster, and you can too. So again, patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. Spots are limited, so so check it out today. There are two sessions, September 25th and October 2nd, patriotacademy.com slash Daniel. So as you think about those suffering political persecution, understand the era we now live in. Some of you might have seen this story. I want to get to it. This is from the New York Post. A convicted sex offender who allegedly cold-cocked a man on a Bronx street, leaving him in a coma with brain injuries, was freed without bail Thursday after getting his attempted murder charges reduced in the unprovoked attack. Bu Van Fu, 55, was instead charged by Bronx DA with assault and harassment, both misdemeanors, for the brutal knockout punch last Friday that left 52 year old Jesus Cortez unconscious on the street, he basically banged his head and he's, he's in a medically induced coma. Um, so the new charges are not eligible to be even be held on like a thousand dollar bail, uh, you know, and, and basically you read the story goes on to say this guy in 1994 was sentenced to six years to life for raping a 17-year-old girl. Now, something like that, I believe in the death penalty. should have been out forever, but he was a registered sex offender. I don't know about any other history, but basically um, a guy like that goes on to commit this degree of crime. And think about January 6th. This is the exact opposite. There they took, you know, okay, you go, worst case scenario, people went into the Capitol, goofed off a little bit, um, they took misdemeanors and made them like, you know, this insurrection thing, uh, gave them punishment that often first-degree murderers don't get at least pre-trial. and all legal norms were thrown out. Yet this these guys, and this is emblematic of the system, they take the worst people. You wonder how do these guys keep getting out because they downgrade it at every stage of the legal process, so they da- downgrade the most dangerous felonies to misdemeanors. R- remember when you're talking about holding someone pre-trial, it's it's about the threat to society. It's about number one showing up for the trial, but also the threat to society. And these type of guys are the worst. We we've talked about this a lot on our crime shows. It's not like the targeted things, a killing of a, you know a, a love affair or a business partner or stealing so as, as bad as it is, and it deserves justice, but typically outside of that individual, they're not a threat necessarily to the broad public. It's these guys that just senselessly beat people on the streets. Like you see all these videos in New York. Um, those are the biggest public safety threats. Um, and, and we all know, we've seen this forever, this knockout game, how dangerous it is when you come up to someone in a vulnerable position and do that and they fall. Um, this has happened so many times and yet he is released, despite being a convicted rapist, without needing to post any bail. He's released within a day. Um, that is the story there. And they note that the attack came just a day before Queens taxi driver, Kooten Gamaya, was beaten to death by five customers who allegedly attacked him when he tried to confront them because they didn't pay him. Two suspects, Austin Amos and Nicholas Porter, both 20, surrendered to cops. Porter was charged with gang assault and theft of service while Amos was hit with theft of service, assault, gang assault, and manslaughter raps um, for allegedly delivering the final blow. So notice even then right from the beginning, dude, that's murder. No, it's assault. And then it only goes down from there. Our system is perfectly Sodom and Gomorrah. And it's done by design. So I want you to understand as we get our presentation today on January 6th and what's going on, just understand it's not occurring in the backdrop of a general sentiment that of, like, Singapore, you know, where they're just very strict on people. You're caught spitting on the street, they'll arrest you, right? No. You could beat the hell out of someone and get off, but yet if you're a political opponent of the regime, then we'll throw you in the dungeon. That is the, what we're living in. And I want I want to note, folks, that... This is done by design. Okay? It's not just random anarchy. It's par- anarcho tyranny is really all part of the fascism. Because what they're trying to do is take your average innocent American and sandwich them between the government coming after them and their prized thugs coming after them. And this really comes to the fore with another New York story. This is from our home here at The Blaze, from Paul Saka. A New York City teenager accused of attacking, attacking a 57-year-old grandmother on a bus was arrested on Tuesday. The suspect allegedly committed a hate crime and threatened to murder the victim. John Nia Williams, 19, was arrested in Coney Island and charged with assault in the second and third degree. Notice second and third degree as a hate crime. Um, assault in the second and third degree, menacing in the third degree, and a hate crime, aggravated harassment in the second degree. And basically, but it was a group of them. See, this is the thing. This is how it's brutal. They came with three of them, ganged up on the victim, And but the two others were minor, so nothing nothing will happen to them. And basically, the defendant allegedly looked directly at the victim, saying, I hate white people. She also stated that she hates white people's skin. Um, I'm going to kill you. And this is where I'm going to bury you. All white people are going to get what they deserve. Um. And the girl said, one of them said, "You probably like Trump, don't you?" And she stupidly replied, "I mean, I don't say so. I love him." And they smashed her on the head with a shopping bag and a jar, and all. And this was a brutal beating. So number one, right off the bat. It's not even second degree assault the 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 two juveniles will get nothing, and the nineteen year old will also get nothing in the end um of the process so this is the sickness but the, the, there there's this undercurrent that Trump supporters and white people have been abused and beaten particularly the last number of years and this is not anarchy it's actually part of the tyranny see January 6th, if you understand why this ties in, it's all about saying that there's Trump supporters, right wingers, people don't believe in the election, you know, being fair and don't believe in covid fascism. They are white supremacists, even though there are you know, plenty who aren't um, that that oppose the vaccines. But but I mean, I don't mean supremacists. They're not even white. And they create this blood libel. So not only is it not true and are they persecuting our people? But they create a blood libel so that their army on the street of violent criminals then have a green light to attack you. You're subhuman, you're not wearing a mask, you don't get a shot, you don't deserve to live, I could beat you. You're a Trump supporter, I get to beat you. You're a white supremacist, I get to beat you. And part of a blood libel is, you know, what they used to do in middle evil times, they would they would um kill a Christian girl. And then they would would say the Jews did it and and blame them and then create a whole pogrom based on that. And that's what this is. Really, there's an epidemic in this country of black supremacism. And we all freaking know that doesn't mean the majority are like that. And we don't judge people as groups. But as individuals, we all know that for every one white person that has that degree of hatred for a black, as we just described, there is. I dare venture to say ugh, exponentially more the other end. And everyone knows that to be true. And the government purposely fans it even more. Not only says, hey, you know, like we need to tamp this down. It's not OK. No, says there's white supremacism and it further juices up what they know to be true, which is the ubiquitous young black crime. And and, and another thing that comes out from this story is increasingly, if you've noticed, it's, it's the females also getting in on this. Uh, not just the males. This this is something we're seeing in this generation, that just the, the, the destruction of civilization, where again, they take the worst qualities of the worst males and now encourage females to get involved in on that. Um, so that's that's what's taking place with this anarcho-tyranny. It's all part of the design. It's all part of the hierarchy, okay? You're a murderer. You're the right color. You're the right ilk. You can murder. You're not... Just your political views are not wearing a mask. You deserve to die. That is the country we live in. Now, today's interview is sponsored by Birch Gold. With all the global upheaval and all sorts of upheaval, you need your nest egg in something that has been proven to be stable. And even more so than than these uh, you know, cryptocurrencies, gold and silver never let down. It is something that is always of worth when... We're in a period of inflation in particular. Birch Gold will help convert an IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered account in gold and silver. Get started now by texting Daniel to 989898 with thousands of satisfied customers and A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. That's why I recommend Birch Gold over all these other, you know, kind of fly-by-night companies. Um, do what I did and text Daniel to nine eight nine eight nine eight. You get a free info kit how to convert your IRA or 401k out of the stock market casino and into something of value. Do what I did last tax season. Again, text Daniel to 989898 to to protect your savings from the Fourth Reich. Now, just one thing before we bring on our guest to talk about January 6th, um, I did want to say that some of you might have heard this attempt to recall Gascon the Soros DA in L.A., just like they successfully did in San Francisco. And I didn't even think to focus on this because I thought they got enough signatures. They got like, like several hundred thousand more than they needed to. And yet, they were rejected. The Office of Elections rejected them and said, you failed to get enough. They invalidated, they rejected 30% of the signatures to go up against that anarchist DA. And I just wanted to point out, think back to the election, when we were told they had all these mail-in ballots and the signatures, and it was all done okay. Record numbers, no fraud. They couldn't believe it. According to the 2016 Election Administration Voting Survey, the rejection rate in the last presidential election was a tad under 1% in Pennsylvania, even though there were only 266,000 mail-in ballots, and those are mainly the experienced people that typically do it. In the 2020 election, there were 2.6 million mail-in ballots, 10 times the amount, consisting primarily of first-timers, and we are to believe that only 0.038% were invalid. Some studies have been done that mail-in ballots from first-timers are three times more likely to be rejected. So really, you should have seen like a 3% rate, but it was a point, not 0.3, 0.038% rate. Everything else was fine. We're to believe that the acceptance rate in 2020 was 27 times greater than in 2016. Yet when it comes to this petition, 30% rejection rate. Again, that is the country. We now live in. We are at a tipping
0: point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, Senior Pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. CHOSEN will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me including Sadie Robertson Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org CHOSEN.
1: So folks, I really haven't delved into January 6th as much as I should, um, and I wanted to do that today and kind of give you an overview of where things stand. Everyone's still focused on Trump, obviously, and the raid there, but as we noted, it's much bigger than that. And you look at the Whitmer kidnapping, which we discussed last week, and you look at January 6th, this is part of a broader trend that has already been put into motion to entrap, incriminate, surveil all the resources of the United States government. It's not on you and me. It's 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 on you and me. It's not on the threat of where it really should be. I mean, just think about just in the last 24 hours, there's been over 2200 illegal crossings just in the Del Rio sector. Um You know, that's 2,200 people in one day, one sector in the southern border, uh, over 402,000 since the beginning of the fiscal year, up 100% from last year. But that's not what DOJ and DHS are focused on. They're focused on you and me. And then suddenly we had January 6th happen. And we're like, all right, I thought, okay, maybe maybe a couple people – I mean, I knew right away there was something wrong, but all right, maybe a a couple people got out of hand. Okay, they should be punished. And then we just started seeing this gulag and like, what in the world? And then all the information, the drip drip that they seem to know about a lot of things seem to have a lot of foreknowledge. Then you had the Ray Epp stuff. And what is going on? What is it like to be a lawyer for one of these people, to be one of these defendants? With us today is Joseph McBride. He's a New York-based criminal defense and civil rights attorney. He's a devout Catholic who likes to stand up for the disadvantaged. Um, he's the founder of the McBride, McBride Law Firm. And make sure you follow him on any, really, I think all of his uh, uh, feeds Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and Rumble, McBride Law NYC. Um, and he's going to give us a little presentation today. Joseph, thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you for having me, Daniel. And thank you for your continued, uh, very important work and messaging that you're giving uh, to the public during these very dark and difficult times.
1: So give us a broad overview of where things stand. Again, we have a whole movement behind focusing on Trump's needs. And, you know, it's an important story, but there's a lot of people, I mean, with heartbreaking stories. Could you first, I want to go into individual stories to the extent you can talk about some of your clients or other people, Um, but just kind of statistically an overview of How many are still being held pre-trial or during the trial? And then how many are on the hook for very severe punishments?
0: So there are somewhere, the the number of indictments is
1: increasing.
0: Uh, Somewhere right now it's between, I think, 850 and and 1,000. And in terms of people who are still uh, locked away, there's about uh, somewhere between probably 90 and 120 Wow! Something like that. Yeah, and it's increasing. It's increasing. They're still arresting people. Uh, I, I have two fairly recent clients that uh, came, came to me in, in the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force, showed up at their homes and uh, arrested them uh, 18 and 19 months after January 6th. And uh, one of the clients, uh, Adam Jackson of, of Texas, he, um, he's been out the whole time. He's been working He's the father. He's a football coach. He's a husband. Uh, he hasn't fled the jurisdiction. His, his post-January 6th conduct has been law-abiding. Yep. Despite that reality, they argued uh, at his bail hearing, uh, his initial hearing before I became on, that he was a flight risk and endangered to society. The last 19 months of him living without any problems were meaningless, He was deemed to be dangerous, and he's locked up. As a result, we'll be arguing for his release pending his trial this coming Monday. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. wait. You said he was
1: locked up. Um, Did they set any bail or no bail?
0: No bail, uh, no bond.
1: What did they say he did?
0: um, They uh, articulated that he is a danger to society. And because that he is dangerous under the Bell Form Act, if you are deemed uh, dangerous to society, uh, the government then has to prove that there are no condition or combination of conditions under which pretrial services could give you that would ensure the safety of the public or your return to court. Um, unfortunately, at large, in these January 6th cases, some of the judges and certainly the prosecutors were so offended by the person's actions or the actions under which the person is being accused, that the application, the meaningful lawful application of the Bail Reform Act has been thrown out of the window. And the judges, the courts have just said, because of what you did that day, you are dangerous to society, even in cases where you've been out for 19 months. And we're going to lock you up pending trial uh, so as to uh, make this as difficult as possible. Of course, they don't say that that's inferred in a, lot of these, uh, in a lot of these actions. So we're going to be arguing. We're going to say on Monday in court, uh, we believe that the magistrate judge got it wrong. We're appealing this, and these are the reasons why we believe he should be out. And we are confident that if the uh, court follows the law, uh, that he'll be set
1: free. But, but what's the underlying crime? I mean, this took a year and a half. Is this the pipe bomber? Did we finally discover the pipe bomber? I mean, what did he, what, what is he alleged to have done? Uh,
0: in essence, he went to the Capitol with his brother. He was uh, somewhere. He got to the lower western terrace portion of the Capitol around 5 o'clock. The lion's share, certainly, of all the uh, incidents that took place had taken place several hours uh, yep. before his arrival. He essentially walked onto a battlefield at the end of the battle, and uh, he is accused of throwing a plastic road cone at fully clad uh, guys' uh, officers who were in uh, in head-to-toe riot gear, and then somebody handed him a riot shield, and he essentially tried to make a run to cross the goal line, which would have got him, if he would have somehow magically got past the, the officer's 20 or 30 of them full clad in in right gear, he would have then made it into uh, the archway, would have led him to a door, and he would have had to have made it through the archway into the door to get past the Capitol, to to get into the Capitol. He never entered the Capitol. He tried to break the line. He was unsuccessful in it. They actually clubbed him him over the head. He was cut. He was like, gee, I'm bleeding. I'm probably just going to go home. Let's just call it a day. That's all he did.
1: That's all he did. Got it. it. So he's That's being charged case. with assault on law enforcement.
0: Not only is it being in charge with assault on law enforcement, he's being in charge with the, uh, he was originally indicted on uh, one felony and a few misdemeanors. They have since bumped it up and given him a dangerous weapon or a dangerous instrument uh, charge added, adding to the serious uh, and making his misdemeanors felonies. They're saying that the plastic road cone that he threw And that the police riot shield that was handed to him are somehow dangerous instruments, which would bump his sentencing range up from something that would be analogous to a year in jail to potentially five to eight years in jail, which is absolutely
1: ridiculous. This is a perfect hierarchy, because when you juxtapose this to BLM, so here it seems like it was all those guys that wound up bleeding at the end, just like, you know, for all the talk, the only one directly killed— was not an officer. Actually, a Capitol officer was killed by a Farrakhan guy, Officer Evans, a couple months later when someone crashed into a barricade. This guy Green that no one talks about, but um, it was Ashley Babbitt was the one who was killed. So likewise here, you know, not that he didn't in a vacuum maybe do something wrong, but he was the one who wound up bleeding. Yet yeah, we have images of cops bleeding from the head during BLM. Nothing happened to those people, and then the exact reversal, right? You would see. Always a gradual downgrading of charges, and eventually most were dismissed, whereas now they always upgrade it. Um, here's my so so that that's emblematic of kind of what we're seeing. Here's my question to you. You know, I'm not excusing it, but let's say you're a judge, a magistrate, a grand jury, you know, involved in grand jury. So the hype in the ensuing days and weeks after January 6 was like this was worse than 9/11. I mean there's a bunch of right wingers if you don't if you don't nip this in the bud. I mean this is like the worst thing since the since Hitler and they're going to kill everyone. But so so that they panicked, and they threw out all legal norms. But obviously to any blind man in the ensuing months what seemed to happen is that They could never substantiate any of the terrible things. It seems like most goofed off just kind of went in there. Some did things that are, you know, historically very negligible in the most, you know, emotionally charged political demonstration and certainly coming off of BLM. Um, There was no there there. No one ever repeated this ever again. You have so many questions of Ray Epps and provocateurs and whatever. So much more questions have come about. Has this moved the hearts and minds of these judges at all? Eighteen months later, negative. Oh.
0: not at all. Not, not even uh, in, the, in the slightest. It, it's important to recognize the fact, and something that you touched on, is that January sixth did not happen in a vacuum. And in the in the in the year or so that preceded January sixth, you had all the BLM and Antifa riots all over the United States of America. We saw the burning down of cities, the attacking of police officers, uh, members of Antifa out there in black lock, covered in head to toe in full riot gear, going at it with the police, the looting of stores. You name it, we saw it all. And what happened? These people largely got a pass. You saw Ali Belshi on CNN with the Minneapolis on fire behind him, saying this is mostly peaceful, right? Now, we know it wasn't mostly peaceful, but why did they get a pass at large? They got a pass at large because of the concept of civil disobedience, because of the concept yes. of political protest. What does that mean? That means that there is, even though things in those situations got wild, I'm not, certainly not condoning it, but yeah. even though the, the situation got wild in many of those protests, they were given a pass because their original reasons for exiting their home that day was to go out into the street and protest the government what they perceived that the government was doing to members of their community. And because of that, the government has looked at them and said, you know, your original reason for coming out wasn't criminal. Sure, some criminal acts may have happened, but it's grounded in the First Amendment. Therefore, you get different treatment. So when the protesters went to the Capitol on January 6th, they went with them in their mind, what is the new and modern definition of political protest. They looked at the things that had happened in America over the past year, and they said, this is the threshold. This is how far that this can go. Now, what happened on January 6th, by and large, most protestants came nowhere near the violent acts that we've seen in Minneapolis and in New York City and in other places. But despite that reality, despite doing far less, they have been targeted and they have been persecuted. And they have not been given the constitutional protections that their countrymen and countrywomen on the other side of the political aisle have been given. And the only reasonable conclusion for that, it's because of who they are and what they believe in. Daniel, this is the first time in the history of the United States of America that the political party, the political regime in power is actively tracking down, hunting down, and jailing members of the opposition party for political dissidents and not only that they're torturing them in jail i have two clients who have been tortured
1: can you describe what that means the torture yes
0: absolutely so legally a pre-trial detainee is not allowed to be punished never mind tortured in the united states of america we only punish convicted persons meaning you had your day in court and you either blue trial and you were convicted guilty or you took a plea and you admitted guilt. Then and only then you can be punished in jail. And even in in those set of circumstances, the punishment for your crime is the deprivation of your freedom. Now the court recognizes and society recognizes that jail is not a fun place. So the standard for a convicted person is no cruel and unusual punishment. But the standard for a pretrial detainee, because that person has not been convicted of any crime and is still presumed innocent, is no punishment of any kind is acceptable. Meaning that if you punish somebody and they're pre trial detainee, you have violated their constitutional rights. Now, I have two clients who are both inside. One of them, I have three clients that are, both, that are dead inside. But, but these two guys were being tortured. One is Ryan Taylor Nichols mm. of Longview, Texas. And another one is Christopher Quaglin. And he's from the Runzoog area of New Jersey. And Christopher Quaglin is being held in one of the satellites of the DC Gulag system in Northern Neck Regional Jail in Virginia, in Warsaw, Virginia. He has celiac disease, which is a serious underlying medical condition. He's highly allergic to wheat and gluten. When he eats it, he has a severe adverse reaction. It's very bad. He loses weight, he vomits, he has diarrhea, he has intestinal cramping, he breaks out lesions on his back. It is so bad, that he would choose to not eat and starve over the pain of eating contaminated mm. cross contaminated food with that knowledge we have been making waves and we have been saying for a long time listen he has not been treated right he's been moved six times and each time he's moved it's retaliatory for us speaking up but we have no choice but to speak up on his behalf Marjorie Taylor Greene, Louie Gohmert, 14 other members of Congress have all spoke up on his behalf and said, hey, you can't. This is not a lifestyle choice. You can't do this. He is down at this moment 45 pounds at Northern Neck Regional Jail. He's been beaten to the point we had to get stitches. Right now, he is locked away in a cell with no windows, with no walls, with no way to reach out to the world Simply because his lawyer and his family are speaking out on his behalf. This is a life or death situation.
1: I I don't want to hear this, but I have to hear it. I think we all have to hear it. Wait, you're saying so he's basically in solitary confinement. Um, I want to go through one by one each thing. How long has he been there?
0: He has been in federal custody since uh, April 7th, 2021. He's been in Northern Neck Regional Jail since December 20th. Of, of, of 2021.
1: Wow. So that is a heck of a long time, pre-trial. So is did he, like, kill Officer Sicknick?
0: No, he didn't. He, he absolutely did not. I mean, we could, you know... What, what are they alleging he, 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 he did? Arguing with the cops, pushing matches, shoving matches, and, 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 and picked up a shield at some point. And picked up uh, a can of mace and, and and that's what they're alleging that he did. In any mean, normal it, set of circumstances, this would be this would be done already, taken care of a long it, time if ago. If you would
1: apply that, I want people to understand that that imagery kind of pushing and shoving with the cops, if you would apply that standard to BLM Antifa, it, that you would hold indefinitely in solitary confinement the amount of construction of prisons and jails you would have to have you would be talking about hundreds of thousands of people that standard i mean forget it if i had the standard of just like 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 assault like violent assault that caused bodily injury that the, the population would have swelled um you know we don't we don't do that in this country we never did and certainly not now where you know we the pendulum has swung in the opposite direction um so I don't understand. You're his lawyer in court. What is the judge saying when you bring this up—the solitary confinement, the indefinite detention, no, no stand, not even a high bail, a chance to post a high degree of bail? Why, why are they okay with that?
0: So it's it's a good question. And I I want to answer it just right after I tell you about Ryan Nichols, and I'll be brief on him. Ryan Nichols is in the D.C. gulag itself. Um, I'm actually in, in D.C. right now. Um, his family's been here. I, his wife got to meet Mickey Babbitt, uh, or, or a- Ashley Babbitt's mom, yesterday, and holding vigil down at, at the jail. People are down here praying and singing every night to give these guys some type of comfort. Ryan is But By the way, are they veteran. still going to
1: be there this week? Could people come?
0: Yes, people could come. They'll be there. We're talking about doing it indefinitely, but uh, Ashley Babbitt's mom will be here uh, to, to, to the rest of August. Uh, there are They are on the backside of the jail by the cemetery, and they start around 7.30, and they go to 9 o'clock every night when they sing over the phone. Every a, a, My client, Richard Barnett, is, is the guy who had his speed up on the desk in Nancy Pelosi's office. I was able to get him out last year. He started the tradition of singing the national, the national anthem every night at 9 o'clock, and they do that every na- every night since so um, they'll keep vigil out there, and they'll sing, and then everybody sings a And, 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 and by the way, before live. you
1: go on about the feet up on the desk, I just want to say I have personally been in the Capitol when – you remember those Dreamers protests, like some of the illegal immigrant protests? Yeah, sure. They, and, 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 and these are illegal immigrants, not even American citizens, and they would defecate sometimes in the, in the congressional offices. I've never seen anyone get arrested. The police might shunt them out the mm-hmm. door. Um I've never seen that. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, we, we don't condone going into their office, putting your feet up on the desk, um, just like I don't condone defecating on the room and disrupting like they always did. But we've never traditionally treated that, and especially when you don't have another you know, broader criminal record and no evidence of a proclivity to grow legs. You know, we understood the concept of political protests in this country, and you just wouldn't do this to someone. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't make the act in a vacuum right, but in a vacuum, what the government has done has overshadowed even the worst things that, that some of these guys have done. So uh, again, back to Nichols. Um, you're talking about him.
0: So military veteran uh, served this country honorably in the Marine Corps, honorable discharge, no prior contacts with the criminal justice system. He went viral, I think, in 2018 or 2019 because he is a search and rescue specialist. Started the 501c3 called Rescue the Universe, where he goes out 85 days a year, approximately, rescuing people who are stranded from natural disasters. Um, he went viral on the internet for rescuing puppies during Hurricane. I think it was Harvey or Michael. Invited onto the Ellen DeGeneres show, she found out that he was not able to take a honeymoon with his wife Bonnie. She gave them a check for ten thousand dollars for the honeymoon. He said, hey, look, we appreciate the $10,000 check for the honeymoon. We're going to take it, and we're going to buy a rescue boat. They bought a rescue boat that they've saved hundreds of lives with since. This guy is the best of what America has to offer. He's a small business owner. He's a father to two beautiful young boys, a husband, a son, a good man who loves this country. He went there that day. He defended himself. He defended some other people during some really, really difficult acts of police brutality. He has post-traumatic stress disorder. He's been living with it uh, for years. He had successfully treated it on the outside. His search and rescue work was actually a part of his treatment going out into the world and helping people brought value to his life and helped clear him up psychologically. He has been in custody since January 18th, 2021. He hasn't seen his kids in over two years for the first nine months or so until we started screaming about it, they used COVID-19 as a pretext to lock people in solitary confinement and say you guys can't come out. Even though you're all in a nice living area and they locked everybody up for months and months and months at a time. Finally, we he said, Hey, this is no good. You can't do this. This is torture. It's actually torture under international law and New York state law. It's not New York. It's DC, but you can't do it. It's fundamentally unjust. It's wrong. And They started breaking it up, but they have since used solitary confinement and prolonged solitary confinement against him as a means to torture him. On April 20th, they put him in solitary confinement for for reasons that made no sense. They left him in there for about three weeks. Somewhere around the three-week mark, he needed to be moved to to, to suicide watch. They had broken him down to the point where he just wanted to check out and give up their uh, remedy for putting him suicide watch was to put him in a plastic tie suit, to put him on a table in a room with lights that didn't go off for three days, to make fun of him, and to say, look, if you're really going to kill yourself, just get it over with. We all want to go to lunch. Um, and they have psychologically tortured him for a very long time. In New York, New York State adopted the Nelson Mandela rules, which are the international, which is the international standard for solitary confinement. Solitary confinement is defined as 22 hours or more, a day of of, of being held in in isolation, absent meaningful human contact. And it defines prolonged solitary confinement as solitary confinement for more than 15 days. It outlaws solitary confinement for one day against anybody with a serious psychological or physiological condition. And it outlaws the use of prolonged solitary confinement Against anyone for any reason, New York State last year adopted it as law under the Halt Act. Senator Elizabeth Warren, Dick Durbin, ACLU, Amnesty International, all the groups on the left have been on record for a very long time saying that this form of punishment is torture. It is absolute unequivocal torture. none of them have reached out to help or spoken a word of in defense of these American citizens who have been tortured during the duration of these past 19 months. Most lawyers won't even touch the issue because they don't have the heart or they don't have the stomach for it. And we're speaking out now. Every opportunity we get to educate the public and to let them know that this is happening to your countrymen is wrong. We have filed habeas corpus petitions in both of their cases, filing, filing other motions as well, or one as the latest today, to, to get these men out, to challenge the constitutionality and the illegality of their conditions Wait. and to say, hey, they need to be let out. The
1: AC, have you ever reached out to the ACLU?
0: On August 3rd, I can forward you, on August 3rd of 2021, um, I, before I even took Ryan Nichols's case, uh, about three weeks before it, I sent the ACLU and Amnesty International an emergency, quest, an emergency request for intervention. I cited seven specific instances where different January Sixers have been tortured at that time. Richard Barnett took a beating. Other people were maced to the point where they were choked and, and really bad things happened to them. All these guys are being held in solitary confinement. Ryan Samsel was beaten to the point where his eye popped out of his head. I said, hey, listen, you guys need to investigate this. This has been your issue since Jump Street. This is your bread and butter. Look, help us. These are American citizens suffering they're at risk of dying here they're being tortured to help us they never even wrote me back i mean i have circulated that all over the world at this point it's been published all over the place i never even got an email saying that you are in receipt of everything nobody lifted a finger to help us those organizations are not worth their salt anymore
1: and, and, and i'll point out again the theme today with the. Uh um, not just two-tiered, but the hierarchy, the anarcho-tyranny, just so people understand. So the same COVID was used as a pretext to let out the most violent career criminals, yet it was used to keep locked up in solitary confinement, uh, polit- the, the political opponents. And another point you made there with the ACLU, these people, I'm, I'm sure you're aware recently, the Ninth Circuit... Uh, ruled that it's literally cruel and unusual punishment not to cut someone's balls off. Okay, what do I mean by that? Meaning you talked about someone who you know needs you know a, di- a special diet. They have celiac, they have al- allergies. That the the court said this was an Idaho case, a federal case in Idaho, and and the um Supreme Court let it stand, didn't grant cert to the state that the their Bureau of uh, Prisons had to go and offer. Uh, I guess for a form of castration to a male sex offender who felt he was a female, and then house him in a female prison—that it was, it was, it, it was a form of cruel and unusual punishment for not uh, not just accommodating the wish, but a- actively participating in it. Um, and the Supreme Court, at least as of now, was you know at least fine keeping that ruling in place. Didn't didn't uh, take up the appeal from the state. This is the type of country we're living in. I mean, this is. I'm glad you brought up that point. Like, there's one, like, I'm a lock-them-up guy. And I haven't fundamentally changed my view on that, you know, fundamentally on law and order, that I feel that people that harm and beat other people and, you know, some of this stuff that you see going on in New York City needs to be deterred and punished. But that's not the society, the legal system we live in now. That's not. Um, It's just the opposite. And this is is unreal. I, I want you to go into detail a little bit more about the direct physical beatings you you've referenced the physical beatings what's the nature of it where is it coming from do you believe it's it's here's my question is it do you think it's being directed from the top or is it more spontaneous that the demographically the nature of the people that um that are prison guards or whatever there believe in their minds that it's kind of like, you know, the whole punch a Nazi meme, like these are Nazis and they need to be beaten?
0: So it's a a great question. Uh, So entrenched in everything that you just spoke about, the anarcho-terrorism, the people who are are in control of government, the people who are controlling society through uh, corporations, like this is no longer, it's not a conspiracy. Anybody who thinks this is a conspiracy theory, they're just not living in the world that we're living in. Everything is being controlled by by this same group of people. This group of people that hate God, that hate patriotism, that hate the United States of America and view the United States of America as an obstacle to the achievement of its global order. Now, having said that, is... That spirit is what you find personified to somebody like Merrick Garland, the attorney general of the United States, somebody like Joe Biden, the president of the United States. When Joe Biden gets up there and calls these people insurrectionists and calls these people terrorists, even though they haven't been charged with insurrection, even though they haven't been charged with terrorism, why is he doing that? He is doing that. To create a subhuman, subconstitutional class of people to say to these people, as Hitler would say to Germany, that the Jews are are, they're subhuman, they're not they're they're not entitled. Right, right. It's the same evil that you can find in the Stalinist regime, that you can find in the Nazi Party, that you can find in, in 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 Nero's Rome. That zebra doesn't change its stripes. So when he's up there talking about these people and saying that they are subhuman terrorist insurrectionists, everybody in that prison system who has a badge and a uniform on that believes what he is saying feels inspired and feels green lighted to light these people up, to torture them to spit on them, to smack them, to mace them, to laugh at them, to mock them. I have literally heard hundreds of stories at this point where officers would go to the cell where somebody is praying on their knees with the Bible and say to them, where is your God now? That's evil. That's evil. That is the deepest part of evil, speaking through that person. And it is wrong. But that is exactly what is happening. And why is it happening? It is happening because America has fallen asleep at the wheel for far too long. And when you look at the history of every other empire that had a blessing by God at some point, and if you especially look at Israel, the rise and fall of the, the multiple kingdoms there, the north and the south, what is the commonality? At some point, God
1: just has enough. Paganism. And it's 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 the pagan it's, it's the pagan church. It's, it's a set of rituals. And, I, you know, I'm not going to drag you into this today because we have too much to talk about with January 6th. But COVID fascism ties exactly in. It was this untermention. If you don't wear a mask or you don't get the shot, you don't deserve to live. And you would see the hatred. And 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 literally in the hospitals, we, we wrote a book, The Rise of the Fourth Reich, Steve Dace and I chronicling all these stories we have 1st firsthand accounts where they would openly cheer for someone to die if they didn't get a shot they they'll deny you an organ transplant the human rights go out the window you have a rape victim that 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 can't wear a mask even if it did work and whatever you know and and they'll put the thing on i'm not going to treat you i mean the the that's the thing it's a set of standards the mask the shot and the political beliefs the the castration um now if you would if you would punish a rapist with that they'd say it's cruel and unusual punishment but if you demand it then it's it's a violation of the eighth amendment if you don't do it i mean this is the world we live in it's a set of standards it's why blm beat the cops do whatever you want that's part of the church here you're caught kind of like you know doing stuff but it was never really such a big threat boom gulag sol- solitary confinement and and again i mean there's no help from these people um man there's a, there's a lot more to go over i i want to i want to ask you this um obviously you're a lawyer so your job is to defend your clients defense but what about offense do you believe that there's ever a time where we will have an avenue either through congressional hearings. I don't even know what that will bring or in the courts to go on offense and, and document these crimes committed against. Cause, cause what you're alleging are real crimes by specific, what wardens, federal officials, I guess they're DC officials. Um, isn't there a criminal case to be made here?
0: Uh, there's certainly uh, a criminal case, human rights violations case and criminal cases to be made. We are, meticulously documenting everything as we, as we go along. We are, are making the case in civil court and in criminal court, and we, we're going to sue them for millions of dollars in each one of these cases for the myriad abuses that have taken place. But in order for that to happen, we need to go through it. In order for that to happen, these guys have to hold fast and, and, and abide in very difficult circumstances they are trying to break these men and they are financially crippling their families as well the, and, and in order for us to get to the point where uh, these uh, these criminal charges one day these uh, civil rights lawsuits can become ripe people have to endure you're asking people to suffer and you know, They're already suffering. So some of my guys are like, look, I'm suffering already. I mean, you know, if, if I can bring a greater good out of this, then, then, then I'll do it, Joe. And God bless them for that. Other people, they, 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 they can't hack it. And, and I understand that as well. There's a very, you know, there's a human component here, and, and not everybody is built the same. And what people need to understand is that they are gaslighting the entire American public, they are calling these people extremists and terrorists, but the extremism and the terrorism lies with them. Yep. Their, and their, their, their hatred of religion, their secular, humanistic, atheistic creed has become a religion unto itself. And look, and I'm a Catholic, and I, I, I really talk about the Inquisition. It was a dark time in our history. It should have never happened. But it's the same thing; it's happening now. I was this gonna a say that. Inquisition.
1: I was gonna say that. It reminds me of the way you know some of the darker eras in the Dark Ages of the Catholic Church, except in this case, um, they have even more power and they have te- the technology. I mean, the ability to track down anyone who is within earshot of the capital is is truly unbelievable, and it's it's chilling the the stuff they do. And I want I wanted to get to kind of the final frontier. So obviously, again, you're defending individual plaintiffs, but in terms of your broad sense of what happened, what what actually happened um, based on the details of discovery of your legal proceedings, um, you know, all of us were kind of shocked at first because it's 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 rare. I mean, our you know. I, I am that right-wing Nazi, you know, everything they say. I'm, I'm that type. My listeners are that type. And you get together with a group of us, and they couldn't be violent if you, if you got them to be violent. I mean, it's just you, you never see it on the right. Um, now, we, we do know you. we can't vouch for every last human being who would ever support Trump or broadly some of our issues. Um, so it's not like no one did anything at any time. But broadly speaking, was this a setup—
0: was a setup. There is no question about it. There were not five, not 10. You heard about Ray F and some other people. There were hundreds of provocateurs. There were hundreds of protesters that were there that day that were uh, put into the crowd to create conflict between the peaceful protesters and law enforcement. Mm. There were multiple purposeful, intelligence failures at the leadership top or upper echelons of the Capitol Police and the Metropolitan Police Department, Mayor Muriel Bowser, Nancy Pelosi, sergeants at arms, all those people knew. They had offers of help from the National Guard. They had offers of help for extra policing. They dumbed it down, and they fed the cops that were there to, to, to a massive crowd, um, to the wolves, essentially. And now 50 previous Stop the Steal protests in 2020. You go into 2021 and all of a sudden, this Stop the Steal protest becomes uh, uh, violent? No, no, that doesn't happen by itself. If you look at the area surrounding the Capitol between where the protesters who were singing and chanting and praying were, and the cops who were against the wall, if you look at the area in between those two groups, you'll see the provocateurs there. They're causing trouble, they're inciting violence, they're using military hand signals, they're speaking to each other over radio communication devices. They were sent there to make a fight happen between the peaceful Trump protesters and the cops. Who and sent when it them? happened, they walked away. Well, you know, that's a rabbit hole um, <laughs> that, 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 you know, most people are, are, are not going to be able not be willing Pro- to be go probably, into. Probably
1: probably a three-letter agency, one of them, <laughs>
0: or a few well, of them. There's no question about that. And, there is there, no question that there are government agencies involved. There, I mean, we, we, we know that.
1: So none of now, the judges I, ask not, about Ray Epps? You know, we've, I have to be really careful
0: what I say about the judges because I'm actively litigating in front of <laughs> okay. them. And my official, my official position is I respect and admire all of them because they're all great and they know what they're doing. But in reality, um, uh, you know, look, uh, you're told in court, don't bring those conspiracy theories into my courtroom. That's what you're told. And um, we have to fight, and we're made to look like outliers and nutjobs because we are advocating for the truth. January 6th should have never happened. It's not what happened that day. It's why did it happen. And the why is because they were able to label an entire group of people as, as, as subhuman. They were, they were able to label an entire political class as problematic, and they used the, uh, uh, the full apparatus, the full prosecutorial apparatus of the United States government to descend upon them and to their families and to send shock and awe into the uh, middle America, Southwest, the far West, the Pacific Northwest, the Northeast, you name it. People are petrified. People are petrified that the FBI could come and show up at their house. Right. Yep. And this this kind of thing is is the thing of dictatorships. They had a month of warning in advance that that was going to be a difficult day. And also Antifa was present at every Trump rally, beating up the old, beating up the young. They're there in their black flag, uh, black block uniforms going out all of a sudden on January 6th. They're not there. No, they were there in the thousands and they were wearing Trump gear. Look no further than uh, the Jaden X who filmed yep. the uh, the the murder of Ashley Babbitt, and he's a notorious Antifa member. He happened also, to be are- right
1: next to her. The one, you know, the shooting that took place. A lot of people there. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, you know, you really took the wind out of me today. I'll I'll tell you that much. I'm I usually sorry. take the wind out of other people by, by being so down, but. I mean, again, you 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 can't wish it away. It's like I tell people, people aren't emotionally prepared to understand what COVID fascism was, where it came from, where it's headed, and just how many people died as a result of it and are dying as a result of the vaccines and everything, and 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 the likely ailments that it is spawning. But this is a this is on par with that. It's on par with that. People aren't emotionally prepared to understand. Where our government is holding, particularly these federal agencies, I want to end off with um the news of the day just with the Trump raid, the Whitmer trial the Whitmer kidnapping or Fednapping trial. Do you think this these details of what the FBI did in both those cases and the public attention to it will be helpful to the January 6 cases?
0: Well, the, the, the Michigan situation was a dry run for January 6th. There is no question about it. The similarities, the doors being opened, the infiltration of groups by the federal agents. Yep. Uh, many of the groups, even the tour groups that went to January 6th to protest, they were infiltrated by, by all different types of, types of agencies. Some of these uh, federal agents tried to radicalize people before going, it's the same playbook. FBI has been doing this. They started it with the, uh, the COINTEL program back when they were going after the Ku Klux Klan and the uh, Black Panthers back in the 50s and the 60s and 70s and people back then were like, oh, you're going after the Black Panthers. It can't really be a bad thing. Fact is, they were American citizens. should should have never happened then. It continues to happen now. Will it help them? Uh, I, yeah, to some extent, it will. How much will it help them in court? Um, we're not sure yet. But we're still trying to figure that out what helped them in the court of public opinion. I mean, to those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, uh, it should, you know, these things should match up relatively easily. With regard to President Trump, they are trying, uh, they are racing to the finish line because they want to indict him and they want to convict him of a felony to prevent him from running for office again. Uh, That's what this is about. And, this, uh, this government, this regime, in their bloodlust for President Trump, they are trampling, raping, and pillaging um, everybody in the way, constitutionally, financially, psychologically. They're doing it to our own citizens because they hate him that much. Um, and it's not so much about the man. You shouldn't, you know, get into, like, Trump worship. Trump's no messiah. He's just a man like all of us. He's a good man, but he's a man like all of us they hate what he stands for and what he stands for us. is that's
1: the thing right, right. trump it's could us. go away tomorrow and the trump could announce he's not running you know he's just retiring it will not change the dynamic of how our government behaves until we interpose against it and and put a stop to this um i am just sick to my stomach but again we had to hear this please keep us updated god bless you for for you know, putting yourself in the lions, den, it's kind of like I do Joseph work usually, and you do Daniel work, but hopefully we could live up to our namesakes and um, you know, do Micah six eight and just do what we can. Outcomes are for God, but we gotta we gotta do what we can. We're put on the earth for a certain purpose. and we we can't stand by and allow this to keep going on. And it's shocking how few people even knew this was happening. Um, and told you know now this happened to Trump, so now suddenly you know thankfully people care about that at Control FBI. But this was really, as you noted, going on since January 2021. Um, you know, keep up the good work, and you could follow your work at uh, McBride Law NYC on Twitter. Uh, thanks so much, and God bless you.
0: Thank you. God bless you as well.
1: Take care. And, yes, I mean, Joseph McBride is someone you guys should be following on Twitter. He is really – he has a heart of gold. You know, I was always thinking, where are these liberals out there that 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 always said they hate the criminal justice system and law enforcement and they stand for the little guy and over disproportionate punishment? I've been battling that my whole life, and this is the Super Bowl of that, and – Nothing because they're pathetic maggots, those people. They were never about standing for the little guy. The same way the people that always claim to hate corporations suddenly have a sodomite orgy with Pfizer. Um, the worst of all, because they're a bunch of fascists. So whatever thing helps their system at any given time, they'll support. They have no principles. Their principles are darkness, and we have to combat that with light. Um, again, we have to demand much more. I resent it that you know people didn't care about the FBI until Trump. Oh, okay, Trump. No, these people put their necks out for him. And and, and again, I, I didn't want to get Joseph involved in this, you know. But I I do have issues that I feel Trump has let his supporters out to dry. Um, he's got he's you know recently gotten a lot of pressure to say, to promise to pardon them if you're a president, but I think he could have done a lot more to use his bully pulpit and and even get legal help. I mean, a lot of people couldn't get legal help. He's one of the few that have been doing this. So, folks, I will be taking off for Tuesday, Wednesday. Hopefully, we'll have more shows at the end of the week during my vacation. I I can't take off much just because of what's going on, but send me... any questions you have, it might be a little bit delayed till next week. My responses: Daniel Horowitz at startmail.com, C19 Truth Bombs on Telegram. Make sure you send this show to everyone, everyone out there. Um, this anarcho tyranny, this Fourth Reich has got to end, and we are called upon to end it. Till next time, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening.